The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out throughout the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today, on this Feast of St. Luke's, the Evangelist, it is, it, is, it is worthwhile to ponder his life. He was a, a young doctor who practiced in Antioch. The Apostle Paul in Colossians 4.14 calls him a beloved physician. At some point, however, probably in Troas, Luke begins to accompany Paul. And we know this based on the fact that Luke starts to use the word we in the book of Acts. Philemon verse 24 tells us that he gave up his medical career to become a co-worker of Paul. He loyally stayed with Paul until the end and as Paul languished in a Roman prison, Luke would have been with Paul by his side as he wrote uh, today's lesson to Timothy. There's no indication at all that he was a leading light during Paul's uh, missionary journeys, but Luke was simply a companion. Luke was a helper. But after Paul died, he wrote down for a friend called Theophilus, what he remembered. Little did Luke know that when he had, was writing his orderly account, that billions upon billions of people would eventually read it. Luke chapter 1 verses 1 to 4 says, Since many have undertaken to complete or to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled amongst us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us. He wrote in the introduction to the gospel that bears his name, these things. I too have decided after investigating everything accurately anew to write down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realise the certainty of the teachings you have received. Then he continued the story with a second book, a sequel, about the Holy, how the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles and the early church to continue Jesus' mission. Luke wanted to write things down so that we could be certain about the things of the faith. Without his effort, so many aspects of Jesus' teachings may have never been learnt. 
We wouldn't know the details about John the Baptist's conception and birth or the drama of the scenes of the Annunciation, the visitation and the presentation of Jesus in the temple or the finding of Jesus in the temple when he was a young boy. We would have not have known of the beautiful scene of the raising of the only son of the widow of Nain. We would not have known of today's gospel and, and the mission of the 70 disciples. We would not have entered Bethany with Jesus to hear Jesus' words to Martha and Mary about the choosing the, of choosing the better part and being the one thing that is necessary. We would not have had the parable of the Good Samaritan. We would not have had the scene of the healing of the ten lepers, the encounter with Zacchaeus, Jesus' interrogation by Herod. We would not have had the scene of Emmaus, which in some sense summarises all that Jesus continues to want us to do and his church. So today we thank God for the great gift he has given us through the faithful cooperation of the beloved physician who became the Apostle Paul's co-worker faithfully to the end. So let us look at how Luke's orderly account is all about how Christ came as the, the divine physician to share his healing ministry with us. Zacharias Benedictus in Luke 1, 78, uh, 68 sorry, to 72 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has come to show the mercy promised to our fathers. And of John the Baptist, Luke chapter 1, verse 76 to 79, who would go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of their tender mercy, because of the tender mercies of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. We see a similar expression of mercy in Mary's Magnificat, where Mary cries in Luke chapter 1, verse 50 and, 40, and, and, verse 50 and 54 to 55, that God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation, and that he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and he has spoken to our fathers. We see the Lord's mercy in his tender care for the widow of Nain and in his love for the woman at Simon the Pharisee's house who loved much because she had been forgiven much. We see his mercy in the, parable, the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son and all are unique to Luke. We see the importance of mercy in the unthinking uh, omissions of the rich man with Lazarus at his gates. We see Jesus' will to forgive in the scene with the grateful leper, with Zacchaeus and with the good thief on the cross. We hear it as he cries from Calvary, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, many Lucan scholars have said that Luke's orderly account is well ordered towards expressing the Lord's mercy. 
And that order helps us to see our need for mercy and encourage us to come and receive that mercy. So on this day, we cannot stop at merely honouring Luke and thanking God for him and for his orderly account. God wants us in our own way to become St Luke's of our own age, to our own generation, to our own community, no matter what our profession, no matter what our vocation, no matter what our status. God wants us to accompany him and his apostles. He wants us first to become their co-workers. But then, having learnt from them, he wants us to use whatever skills we have to pass on the faith. Psalm 145 says, Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendour of your kingdom, that God's faithful ones bless him. They speak of his might, so that all people may know of his might, of his mighty acts and the glorious splendour of his kingdom. If we're truly friends of God, then we can't help but speak of him to our own generation and to our own communities. So my friends, what kind of love would not feel the need to speak of the beloved Saviour and to point him out and to make him known? We know well that with Jesus life becomes richer and that with him it is easy to find meaning in everything. And this is why we evangelise. So on this feast day of St Luke's, it is important for us as friends of Jesus to seek to make him known, to seek his splendour, to seek his love, to seek of his grace and the difference it makes in our lives. Now how do we do that? We do it through ordinary means. We do it through our conversations with our families. We do it through conversations with our friends, with our co-workers and with strangers. We do it through writing, as St Luke did, in letters to others or in articles or in books. We do it through phone calls. We do it through emails and Zoom conversations. We do it with the means and the circumstances that God has given us. But we do it with a certain tone. Beloved, we cannot be preaching about God's providence and living the first beatitude, blessed are the poor, in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, if we're carrying around money bags and then worrying about provisions. We cannot preach his peace unless we're living with that peace. We cannot preach that God loves everyone infinitely if we're constantly looking for a better angle or for a better hustle. We cannot be preaching the good news unless we realise that it is all good news. When we proclaim the kingdom, we should first do so in our body language so that our words will be credible. We've got to be living the kingdom if we're ever going to invite others to effectually enter into the kingdom with us. And this is something that Luke grasped and wrote about. He was a faithful friend of the Lord. He celebrated the glorious splendour of Jesus' kingdom. And through his writings, Luke invited billions to respond to the king's invitation. May we investigate everything about Jesus' saving life accurately 
and anew and then use all the talents that we have to make known the glorious splendor of his kingdom, especially through the ways that we live in his kingdom and the ways we give an orderly account of the good news to all those who will receive our letters, our emails, our phone calls, our dinner invitations. And who knows? Maybe billions of people in the next 2,000 years, if the Lord should tarry, will be praising God for what you have done in passing on to others the most glorious splendor of his kingdom. Let us pray. Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you that we can live in your light and walk in your truth. May the things that have been revealed and the thoughts that have been shared dwell in our hearts and stir us to action today. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Yes.